Off the Hook, airing on OffTheHookSports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off the Hook podcast at OffTheHookSports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off the Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. I don't know why my dogs aren't playing here, Amanda. What's going on with that? It's very frustrating. You told me that it was too loud. Welcome to the program on a Monday. We are loaded up. Yeah, then my intro didn't play for some reason. I'm very frustrated. You told me that it was too loud. So we're from okay, but anyway, we've got a lot going on on the program today. Comments from Lane Kippen, uh, Kiffin, comments from Josh Heupel, comments from uh, Josh Ad- uh uh, John Adams as well. Boy, I'm off to a great start, Amanda. So with Amanda LaFraud, I'm Dave Hooker, Tennessee, with a scrimmage over the weekend. So we've got a lot of headlines to get to. I encourage you to like and subscribe. And we're off and rolling on a Monday. And just a less than two weeks, basically, till college football begins. Amanda LaFrada, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well. It's a, a busy weekend as we want to go ahead and get to it. The down and dirty of 30 also uh, on the program. We will have today your ultimate uh, all ball team. That's already starting to get a lot of response on the Twitter. Amanda put together a grouping of uh, exactly who you would want to suit up for the balls. Now, it's one of those where one's a great player. One's a good player. One's a great player. So, it's broken up really well, so we'll get to that. But first, the uh, down and dirty at 30 is now, as there are a, there is a lot of news from the weekend. But first, want to remind you that the down and dirty at 30 starts the show, and it's brought to you by Craft Treats. CraftTreats.com for your pet. It has the minor cannabinoids that will make your pet feel less anxious, whether it's car ride anxiety whatever it might be or in my case my dog's getting a little bit older so let's take care of that arthritis but uh amanda lafrada your pet is doing well i've been told i've seen it napping on the craft treats chill pills so she's good to go everything good with ava yes she is a she i said she she. good to go well you said it at first this time i tried to make a concerted effort I tried yeah. to make a concerted effort to say she this time. Well, thank you. She is doing quite well. She's actually laying in the sun over here, staring out and guarding guarding the house. So people Which know is- that I'm pretty transparent. I'm just, as you see me, I'm very frustrated by the fact that that intro didn't play correctly. So now we're going to play it now. Maybe eventually. We're going to start it over and play it completely over. I think I can do this, Amanda. Do you believe in me? Hey, guys. You ready to let the dogs out? Yes. What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who? Who? Off the Hook. Airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Tune in, iHeart, like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. 
All right, straight to the down and dirty at 30. Let's go ahead and get to it. Tennessee with a scrimmage over the weekend. It was their second scrimmage. And, Amanda, I thought that Josh Heupel watching the video seemed almost giddy. That's probably too strong of a word, but jovial, perhaps. Pleased, more apt. I would go with pleased. I'd say excited. Excited? Maybe yeah. excited. Anyway, when I saw him yesterday um, at the press conference, I thought that Tennessee uh, is, is probably in pretty good shape as far as he sees it so far through through fall camp. And like I said before, Tennessee has said they wanted to name their starting offensive line uh, by, by the second scrimmage. They're close to that. They might have done so um, after watching the tape yesterday. But at right tackle, Darnell Wright's definitely going to stay. And he started – 13 games at left tackle last year will remain at right tackle where he played previously in his career. Now, Jeremiah Crawford and sophomore Gerald Mincy are the other question marks that you have at left tackle. It feels like this is a Crawford's an upperclassman guy, Amanda, and that Mincy's maybe the more talented guy that will overtake him. I did find it interesting. Josh Hoppel said both will play in the opener. And that was not a may play sort of thing. Generally, that tells me, Amanda, that if both will play, that you've got a little bit of a question mark still in your mind. So I don't think it's cemented there, but I think from left guard over to right tackle is cemented. So that's a good place to be midway through camp. That's, I mean, it also tells me that if both will play, they want to see how they play in games. They want to see how they perform in a game time situation. So that also that tells me that they both have the talent. They just need to figure out who's going to do well game time versus practice. Let's remember this too. If there is one knock against Josh Heupel's staff in year one, it was what? It was the selection of a quarterback. So are they the best at determining whether or not a guy's a gamer or not? I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. They certainly. That's not fair though. There's so many people who have quarterback battles. And, and you know, there was that whole Josh Dobbs era that we talk about, we constantly go back to, where he was a great practice player. Great practice, or not great practice player. Great game time player, not great in practice. So there's a difference, obviously, there. But a lot of people, even Saban has – has had quarterback battles. We remember Jalen Hurts and Tua. I mean, you you had Blake Sims and I can't remember who the other one was. That was they were going against each other. So I'm not knocking. I'm I'm giving Josh Heupel in his first you know year and a half an A plus or at least an A. Um, but the two the two knocks on him would have to be you had Hendon Hooker sitting there and you, you didn't go with him. And then I thought the recruiting in the first season was adequate. Adequate. So well, altogether, I'm still giving him an A for building off of Jeremy Pruitt. So it's yeah. a little bit difficult to do. Exactly. Exactly. But I am judging it with that backdrop. So, but I think as a whole, that uh, Josh Apple is doing a fantastic job. Now, the, the thing is, unlike quarterback, if you do have an issue with your left tackle, Amanda, you can sub them and it doesn't affect the chemistry of the entire team. At quarterback, you make a change there and that's a pretty dramatic change for the entire team. It some, sometimes can even signal a change in leadership 
So, yeah, that, that's not what Tennessee's dealing with at all with just the left tackle. So, a couple of other notes from practice yesterday that Josh Heupel shared the second scrimmage of preseason, as Heupel said that he was extremely pleased with the tackling on the back end. And he said that um, a Tennessee as a whole had a very good second scrimmage. Still no news on Brew McCoy. Now, it's officially to the point where on the scale of I'm not worried about it at all, um, like the uh, like the stoner from Fast Times at Ridgemont High to a hey, I'm insanely concerned about this. I'm getting jittery. I'm like that guy on South Park. It is getting closer to the guy on South Park. You're suddenly the guy on South Park. You're the jittery guy. <laughs> he used to always he used to always have anxiety issues. You don't remember him, Mister Tal? No, Tally. No, yeah, it was But anyway, on the anxiety scale, oh, the one that was jacked up on like Adderall, that guy. Oh, I didn't know that's why. I just thought he was sad yeah. issues. Okay, yeah. so that guy has jacked up on Adderall. Yes. Um. So I didn't know that's what it was. But you've got to be starting to get a little concerned with Brew McCoy, right? I mean, two and a half weeks away from a game, which means you're one and a half weeks away from being in game mode, you got to be a little concerned about Brew McCoy as of Monday, August the 15th, right? Um, you have to take him out of of any kind of plan that you had and on the first game, at least. Any of the game plan you have, Brew McCoy has to not – he can't be in there because you just don't know and you can't plan around that. So if you aren't sure and you're not going to start him, then then you have to take him out. If you're not going to give, you know, the finger to the NCAA, which is kind of what I would do, because what are they going to do? Um, you just roll him out there and play him without being deemed eligible? Yeah. That'd be a wild good time, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, it's it's the wild, wild west in, you know, college football right now, so why not? Just roll him out there. What's the NCAA going to do? The other note, Elijah Simmons out with an unspecified injury. We're going to do some digging into that. Hype will call it a freak deal. Nowadays, everybody has injuries under wraps. So I did some calling yesterday. I don't know what it is, but he said he should be back at practice at any point. Wow. Amanda, I've seen so many guys just like Elijah Simmons go down the wrong path. That's a big athletic defensive tackle who has a little bit of trouble with conditioning, a little bit of trouble with keeping his weight in check, and then suddenly the career's kind of gone by, and he is not in the NFL, and he's not playing at a high level. He's doing a regular Joe job, which there's nothing wrong with that, but there are a lot of guys, particularly at that position, particularly a defensive tackle. I don't know why it is that can't control what's – their discipline, I guess. I don't know that's it with Elijah Simmons. I'm just saying, in terms of talent, if he has all that in check and he's in shape, he can be a special player. I'm talking about an all-SEC type of player. He's that good athletically. It's it's always a or it's always a, a mind thing. It's a discipline thing for for most guys, unless there's a medical issue that we're not you know privy to. But it's a lot of times it on these these linemen in particular. It is a 
discipline of the mind, which I think a lot of us can can understand. <laughs> look, because, yes, look, there's a blackberry cobbler. I think I'm going to inhale the entire thing. But if you're going to be a player and you're going to play at that high of a level, you're going to have to have that discipline. It's so strange to me that you would just pick my favorite cheat food through my past year and a half. I've been trying to get in better shape. And my favorite cheat food always was spaghetti, which we had last night, and blackberry cobbler. And now I'm mad about not having blackberry cobbler last night. I had it. I had it last night. The fraud house. Also, um, want to get to this hilarious clip by Lane Kiffin talking about finding a butter. Uh, it's just really, really good. And it's brought to you by Owl's Nest Barbecue. Owl's Nest Barbecue is your home for the best wood chips, the best uh, pellets, the best rubs and sauces, and the best grills for your barbecue. So, Lane Kiffin looking for a punter, and he manages to find one at a keg party. So I don't know if he personally found him. I don't know if he was going by Lane or Joey. But here is Lane Kiffin talking about finding a punter courtesy of our friends uh, at the uh, Magnolia Times. Here is Lane Kiffin. Have also added a punter to your roster. Can you talk a little bit about him? Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about him. I think he was down at the frat house, you know, like at a keg party or something, you know, where they got him <laughs> from. So we got some conditioning work to do with my guy, but um, we just yeah. said, hey, someone go find a punter around campus. And so we found one that actually used to punt in Division One. So you never know. Now he's half joking, he's half not. But I have been around. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's Kiffin. You never know. He could be joking, but he didn't look like he was joking. He didn't crack a smile. Not like, not even a little bit. And I think that goes back to my whole point of how are you in the top 25 and Tennessee is not kind of thing. Yeah, there. If if there's any one position that you could see being a big time college football program and being short on talent, it might be punter. So I've seen that happen before once at Tennessee, where they did kind of put out an open call to potential punters, and there are people out there that can do that because they played soccer. Um, and so, and you don't get hit. That's the theory, at least. I'm always waiting for that first guy. I know that first guy who played soccer and gets put at punter because he thinks it's a good idea. And the coach, like Lane Kiffin, said, we need a punter. And then he gets crushed by some defensive back that's playing special teams, trying to find a role on defense. And he's like, what have I done? I mean, that is going to happen. to this poor And I hate it for those poor guys because most of the time it's the snapper that just, like, muffs it. And then – that punter is just like, I mean, you can see like there's no white on their in their eyeballs. Like their pupils are like this big. Oh, I know. And imagine lining Awful. up and you just played soccer for the Just for Kicks League and the intramural team 
you have the shirts printed up, and then somehow you find yourself on a football field in September, and you're punting against 10 people from Alabama that want to kill you. And that just sounds like a vast change in your life over the course of a few weeks. I'm yeah. not good with that. I don't know about you, but I'm not ready to line up on a field on national television where 10 people are wanting to kill me if, if Could- they're in public. Yeah, because the one person is going to catch the ball. Um, they may bring all 11. They might, yeah, I was like 10. Okay. But yes, there's that one one guy back there. Um, just if I were someone's mom, like if, if a guy came to me, a guy, say my son came to me, I don't have one, but if, he, if I did, and was like, you know what? I played soccer. I'm going to punt on this team. I'd be like, I don't think you are. I I just I really don't want to scrape you off the field. I I just don't. I no offense. I love football, but no thank you. By the way, Mitchell helping us out. It was Butters who was the sketchy Adderall guy from. No, Butters was not a sketchy Adderall. Butters was like the oh, guy he, with the too strict parents. Him. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Mitchell yeah. worked on that for us. Uh, he's our research department. Over 50 years, city heating and air conditioning has provided East Tennesseans with honest, dependable heating and cooling service. And uh, they are fantastic to call because you know you're going to get integrity. That's city heating and air. Cityheatandair.com. City heating and air conditioning. It's about integrity. And then Tennessee picks up a commitment in uh, Ricky Gibson that we have on offthehooksports.com. So check that out. It's a three-star guy that, you know, maybe doesn't get you super excited, but I can tell you I think this is one, based off people I've talked to, that Tennessee's done a really good job on evaluating early in the process, and now you have Georgia making a strong push. So when you beat Georgia, you're, you're doing something right. And uh, Ricky Gibson, I think, did have serious interest from Georgia, especially lately. A three-star prospect, like I said, six foot one, 171-pound cornerback from Trustville, Alabama High School. Uh, he made his announcement on social media on Sunday. Number 51 cornerback in the 2023 class, and the number 23 overall prospect in the state of Alabama. So uh, this is one that you target early, and you hope that you target it early and teams follow in line because you're going to have to beat Georgia and Alabama and those teams in some sort of fashion. And that's by being able to evaluate guys early and give them offers. So the, we'll see if that's what they've done. And then uh, I'm trying as hard as I can to like Missouri because Amanda's given me a hard time. And I feel like, I feel like I'm being too hard on Missouri. Yeah. But I did go back and listen over the weekend for some reason to the interview that Aliyah Drinkwitz had with Jim Rome. And it was worse than the part they pulled out about Tennessee. The whole thing was nonsensical, nothing. And then he comes out of the press conference. Drinkwitz outlined what he's looking for to wrap up the final phase of the preseason, saying, quote, I like the chemistry of our team. I like the togetherness of our team. I think we've got to continue to build the toughness and resiliency I didn't think we finished or attacked the last three periods in the red zone with nearly enough intensity or fire. Just felt like we were going through the motions, and that's not good enough if we want to take a step as a program. If we're content with being average, then that's fine. We can pat them on the back and give away popsicles. But we need to continue to be tougher and more physical 
We've got to respond to every period in practice. That didn't get done today, and that's on me. Okay, that's PR 101. Challenging his team through the media, saying it's on me at the end. Maybe I just dislike Mizzou so much. Amanda's chomping at the bit. What? A, where am I wrong here? Because I can't stand this guy. That is every single coach out there. Every single one of them does that. So I don't think you should – you can't just be like, oh, how dare he do this. <laughs> like, it's every coach. I can't stand that guy. I can't – I just – You just have a bias. Like, you just – I mean, I don't like, I don't think he's great. I don't like him. I don't, I think calling out Tennessee on national television was a bad move, but this is a, this is a, this is nothing. It's a nothing burger or whatever they call it. Yeah. And so Joe Burrow is officially back former LSU quarterback. I want to mention this in the NFL. How will the Bengals mess this up? Because I think he's special, like generational talent. The Bengals will find a way to mess this up within three years. I don't necessarily think he's that special. See, I think he's really, really good. Like, I mean, he's decent. I but think he would, he's. You would say he's probably going to land in the top fifty percent of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Is that fair? Let's establish. Oh yeah. Okay, so the Bengals would not want to run him off at some point. So whether or not he's that special, the Bengals will find a way to mess it up, whether he's a little special or really special. Well, they're not the Browns, so. Yeah, that's true. By the way, Deshaun Watson over the weekend receiving just an enormous amount of booze in his game. And I, I just, the whole thing. And then there's more news that continues to come out on a daily basis. I'm just befuddled. Listen, I don't. I'm, I'm past the point of whether or not you think he did it. I think he did it. Bob thinks he did it. I, I'm, I'm past that point. I'm just to the point where this is just dragging out and being handled so poorly from a PR perspective. That's what I go back to. It just stuns me that you have to go to the NFLPA and tell them, Amanda, that, hey, we're going to have a third person arbitrator to look at this case. But ultimately, I come back and I make the ultimate decision. I mean, what, just make the decision. Yeah, just make it like four months ago. Or if nothing else, just be ready to have the decision when some of the lawsuits are settled. Okay, just be ready. Have it, get it out there, be done with it, not talking about it. And then the SEC Network reached an anniversary on Sunday. Uh, the television network began uh, on August the 14th, eight years ago. This gets back to our conversation we were having where, you know, actually, if you go to our YouTube page, we'd love for you to subscribe and like and be sure and set your notifications on so you can get the latest. <clears throat> I think that your opinion has been by far the majority, which really, really surprised me. It was one of those situations where I kind of disagreed with you, but I just kind of held tight to make sure that I felt the way I felt. And I still feel that ESPN is a better way to go, but I'm in the minority based off the posters and based off your input. And that is Fox and um, riding that train might be on the way up. I thought about it a lot over the weekend and I still come back to, and I think you would agree with this, that the product, whoever's carrying it, the product is ultimately better on the ESPN side, which is the SEC. 
but yeah, or Fox may be able to promote it every bit as well or more. We'll see. I still disagree with that, but their product is not as good. No, I think ESPN tied themselves to the SEC solely for the purpose. I think they pulled out of the Big Ten contract negotiations because they wouldn't have the money to throw at the SEC and as much as they needed to throw at the SEC. So they're looking – ESPN is like – this is their rose in the Titanic and <laughs> SEC is their door. Like they are clinging to this thing to save them. I really believe that ESPN is clinging to the SEC to save their network. Mi- Mi- I, I, I could see that Mitchell. I could see that. That's an interesting way of putting it. Mitchell said it's tweak. It is tweak. He was the one with the Adderall issue. Uh, Jen, yeah. good morning to you and good morning to everybody listening go ahead and get on board. We want to get to a staple of the show that I absolutely love because Amanda LaFrada brings it each and every day. It is time for today's tough question. And it's brought to you by our friends at the mattress place. Today's tough question is now. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh, my God. All right, Amanda, who at first did not like Gran Torino, but now is doing dancing. Hmm? Never had a problem with Gran Torino. Had a problem with the YouTube beds that sound like music that should be in a bed. Oh, I'm with you there. Yeah. No. All that copyright issue. So we just go to the band and we get permission from them. We got a whole horn section on the program. That's just sax. Sax is good. The Mattress Place brings you today's tough question. The Mattress Place has been there for 22 years, and I had an opportunity to visit with Steve over the weekend. This is the time. If you are a Tennessee fan anywhere downtown or you have a student moving in, they're just two miles from Hemley Street. That's the Mattress Place. The reviews are incredible. A-plus accredited member of the Better Business Bureau and also 225 five-star reviews on Google. So today's tough question brought to you by the Mattress Place. Amanda is? So I was debating on whether or not to go sorry. Should we go the all vol team and make that today's tough question? I think that's that's your call. I love the all vol team. Uh, It's already out there. It's already getting some great responses. We can go in that direction, or we can hold that. That is that is your call. I kind of want to go in that direction. The other direction I was thinking is, would you take a punter from a frat party? Okay, I would definitely take a punter from a frat party. The best punters I, I know went to frat parties a lot. Because let's face it, you don't really do anything at practice. It's not that strenuous. You kick the ball. I can remember one time um, watching, I was at an NFL practice, watching a punter so bored, Amanda, 
that he stood off to the sideline and kicked the ball straight up in the air. And the goal was to not have to take a step and catch it. That was his practice of the day. So you kick it straight. When I say straight, I mean completely vertical, completely vertical. And then he would catch it on the way down without having to take a step. That was his practice. Do you think that was fruitful in his future endeavors in football? I say not. I was pretty impressed by that. Though. It was impressive. I mean, it went like 40 feet in the air. I mean, it, it, it was it was cool. It was the really good punter that the Titans had. For me. That was nice. So what are we going to do? Would you take a punter? You want to do that one? I don't know if I want to do that or the all vault team. I'll tell you what you think about it. I think I'm going to do the all vault team. Yes. You think about it. I don't think just... people care about a punter. Yeah. And Gary Biles is going to tell you about Big Orange Phillies. Big Orange Phillies has a huge event. This upcoming weekend, August the 21st, they will have former ball Jabari Davis. They'll have uh, Princeton Bant as well. Latrell Bumpus currently on the team. They're going to have free autograph posters, food and drink specials. They will be there on Sunday. We will as well at Off Oak Sports. So look forward to seeing you there. So two minutes. Tell us about Big Orange Phillies. And then back with Chris Landry at LandryFootball.com. Line your football questions up now because this guy can answer them. Chris Landry, Landry football after this. Mr. Bob. Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli South subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. This is Al's Desk Barbecue Supply, so come on in and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food. We'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Desk Barbecue, but Chattanooga goes to grill. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasty's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasty Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. I want to get right to it. Chris Landry joins us now, LandryFootball.com. Talk to him about Tennessee's ongoing preseason camp. And Chris's appearance is brought to you by our friends at Basti Lawn and Garden, who you just heard about. Man Alive, it's worth the drive. Basti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland, whether you're in Knoxville, Chattanooga, or wherever. It's 
worth the drive to save a ton of cash and get the best service. That's, again, Bassey, Lawn and Garden, Manilabs, worth the drive. Chris Landry joins us now of Landry Football, as Chris, nice enough to make time for us every Monday and Thursday. And Chris, how are you this morning? I'm doing good, guys. How are you this Monday morning? I'm well. So how far are we from actual real football? I'm trying to do the math. Um, we're pretty close. Uh, right? Let's see. Week uh, zero in college is the 27th. So what is uh, – so that is a week from – oh, wow. It's a week from this Saturday. So two weeks from a couple of days ago. That's pretty quick. And then obviously the NFL regular season starts in early September. So, yeah, that's that's pretty quick, you know. Um I always say it's uh, – people always say, I can't wait to get it started. I, I, I'm looking forward to it as well. But, man, I, I'm just scrambling to try to get everything done every day. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm kind of just like, wow, it is two weeks from this Saturday or you know, uh, you know, one week from this Saturday. So uh, it's, it's upon us, guys. Yep. If you have a question for Chris about your favorite team, go ahead and get on board now. Chris, your thoughts on uh, Tennessee's – move to take Darnell right and move him from left tackle where he started last year, move him to right. And then like kind of the battle ensue at left tackle. That's kind of well, an unusual move, isn't it? But you're, you're... Well, well, I'm sorry, dad. I didn't jump on you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by it because as I've mentioned before, particularly in this blocking scheme with, with with you know not running a lot of tight end sets at inline tight ends, you want to have guys that have the foot quickness to protect both uh, sides because you've got to you got to most of the time in most offenses on the right side is where your tight end can help the right tackle, but in this case you don't. So this tells me that they feel good about what they might have. It also tells me a little bit that maybe they may have in their mind a better left tackle option. And they've got a guy that's played left tackle that can move to right tackle. In most cases, in a run offense, it's a little bit difficult playing in a left-handed stance versus right-handed stance. But in a lot of pass protection with two-point stances, there, that I think should be a pretty seamless move. I think it just depends upon now how good, you know, it's, it's basically how good can you protect the edge from both left and right side. So I think they feel like this gives them the best chance. So I'm curious to see how it plays out. So I know this whole Brew McCoy situation is a kind of, you know, eh, what do we do here? What do you think Tennessee is going to do? Do you think the NCAA is going to roll in his favor? Or do you think it's just going to be up in the air for a while? You know, my experience, um, Amanda, is – and obviously I don't know in this situation, you never know what the NCAA is thinking, but you have a pretty good idea internally in most of these cases, whether a guy is likely to be ruled eligible or not. You don't know, but you have more information. So you kind of have an idea. Um, and so basically that kind of dictates what you might do. I don't think they're, I think, the, the tough part is you just got to go and plan, in my mind, as a coach, as if he's not going to be there at the start. Because you, if he's there, it's a positive. Now, it doesn't mean you cut down his reps or with anything uh, like that. But you need to be prepared for the worst-case scenario, kind of like if he was injured. 
And I just look at it this way. So he's coming off of an injury, and you don't know if he's going to be ready week one or week four, and you just kind of work it. Just prepare as if he's not going to be there. And then if he is, that's just a, an extra bonus, as opposed to prepare if he's going to be here and then the rug gets pulled out from under you. I don't know what Tennessee's going to do. I don't know that they're going to just go and put him in and say the heck with it unless they've got some indication. And sometimes you can get that, believe it or not. We can't. I can't. But when you're involved in it, sometimes you get an indication that, look, you know, it, it looks pretty good, you know. And, and so you can, you can kind of maybe mitigate the risk. But I, I don't know that they're just going to say, ah, the heck with it. We're going to play them and then just see what happens later. I, based upon what they've done in the past, I would say no. But as we've talked about the whole Josh Heupel's, um the whole um, the situation with Jeremy Pruitt was more about not trying to cooperate with the NCAA, but uh, we're going to turn ourselves in so that we don't have to pay Jeremy Pruitt because they that thing, that relationship went really, really bad pretty quick. Well, Chris, I can remember times where Philip Fulmer, for instance, would say, and it was usually like a Pop 48 guy or a junior college mm-hmm. guy to go, to go way back, but I can remember him saying, we're just waiting and expressing his frustration through the media. I also felt like via Doug Dickey, he probably had some insight as to what the NCAA is going to do. So, but this is a different world. I mean, this, this is not an athletic director nor coach that is as well established as those two were at the time. So as, as opposed to say a Saban or, or somebody like that, do they get the same type of information about potential eligibility? Like with Brew? You can, here's the thing. When you have guys that have, we've had commissioners now who've worked at the NCAA, and so you can go to your conference commissioner, your league office, and try to maybe get some information that can help you. And so I think it's like anything else, good sources. But your point about what Philip did or what any coach does, publicly, you say have a different stance. You come out and say, look, we're sitting here preparing for the season. It's unfair, un, you know, it's unfair to us. It's unfair to the kids because you want to have all of that thrown out there and put as much pressure on the NCAA to make a darn decision. Uh, that doesn't. That, that's that's what I was going to ask you. That that doesn't seem like Josh Heupel's style. No, I think he's a little more laid back, and he and he. And he's probably not going to do that, but a lot of guys will do that. And again, it does depend on the personality. But as a whole, I mean, I will say this: some guys publicly will say it. Everybody behind the scenes will will call, uh, you know, make the call and say, "Look, you know, you've had all this information, and it, it's frustrating from an administrative standpoint in football." I've said all along, when you can't have a decision yay or nay, this late, you're not doing it right. I mean, you know, you, you, you know, you don't have enough people figuring out what's is it yay or nay. I mean, I think in some cases you'd rather, you know, know that it's a no than, than just be lingering and lingering. But, you know, in fairness, you don't know what information they don't have that they're still waiting on. Like right now, if, I mean, I've had conversations at times where, you know, uh, it's in the similar situation of a player. And it's like, well, we, we want to know. You want to know now, well, then the answer is no, he won't be eligible. If you, you know, based on what we have now, no. But 
you know, with more information, it might be positive. And then you tend to say, okay, well, we'll give you more time. You know, it's just one of those deals where it, it's just not a good look. And I don't want to get into the whole, you know, the NCAA and the problems with administering this sport, but it is another indication of a problem because this is a real life example of a player that could potentially help a team that we don't even know if he's going to be ready to uh, eligible to play or not. So I have a kind of a controversial question. It's kind of a, a two-parter. So we all know that Josh Heupel is not exactly the most aggressive coach, which is a good thing as far as it, the NCAA or challenging authority and, and things of that nature. Do you think that if it were not someone, not necessarily like Bruce McCoy, but maybe somebody that's been on the team for a while or somebody that hasn't transferred multiple times, do you think he would be more likely to go to bat with the NCAA for that player than someone like a Brew McCoy who has transferred multiple times? And the second is, are we as fans, coaches, everything else, letting the NCAA get away with, sitting on its hands and being lazy by just accepting, okay, if it's, if it's not a yes or no, then it's obviously a no. Like, is there something that coaches should be doing that forces the NCAA to make a decision? Well, in terms of the first part, I don't know if there's a player where he'd be, you know, standing on the table more for to say, you know, he should be eligible. It's possible. I mean, you could go through a number of scenarios and see that where it could be the case. As a rule, uh, I agree with Dave. I don't think that's his personality. It does not mean, though, that behind the scenes that he, Danny White's not really, you know, pushing hard for. I mean, in other words, you're doing the same thing, but maybe somebody else is doing it. And I think the, the one thing you have to be careful of, too, now, some coaches can get away with it. You say it at the press conference, and you come out and you say, you know, uh, put pound your fists and say, this, this guy should be here. We need him. You go overboard, and then, you, you know, sometimes your team says, okay, is, this all, is it all about so-and-so? Sometimes it is better to just let people inside internally put the pressure and then maybe if you get asked the question, you can get your point across, as I said, about putting the media pressure on the NCAA, which goes to your second part. I don't think there's really anything the fans can do, but, but in terms of the media, which is a conduit to the fans, if it lets people know more and more about what's not getting done, you know, it just puts a lot of pressure, and I do think it causes the NCAA, if they are in any way feeling a little uh, comfortable about the process, to maybe feel a little pressure to get an answer here in the next week or so. Uh, I, I, I've seen it both ways. The reality is most of the times if they had the answer today, they get it done. It's. I don't think they're sitting there saying, you know, hey, look, we're going to get to that Tennessee situation a little later. I, I just think that they don't have everything that they need to make a decision. And I think when they do, they'll do. And I, I just, you know, for everybody's sake, I'd like for it to be decided here in the next week or so. Chris, uh, 
Amanda got introduced to uh, getting uh, ripped on YouTube. I'm quite used to that. It's yes, it's nothing new for me. So we we got torn apart because apparently everybody read the headline, and nobody listened to the actual video. But that happens. But Chris, one of the things that we were discussing was you know you already have an issue at Oklahoma with uh, a racial epitaph being used. Uh, how to fire a coach. I'm sorry, Brent Venables. I look at that hire and I think that's a ho-hum hire because he doesn't have head coaching experience. So l- l- let me get your thoughts. Um, was I off base to say that I'm not, I'm not sure Brent Venables is going to be the head coach there in five years? I mean, what do you think of that hire in general in Venables? I actually like it. Um, I don't, I don't, I mean, who's going to be the head coach in five years other than a handful of folks, you know, you better win today. And and so obviously if he wins, like I think he eventually will, maybe not this year, uh, because I think it'd be a little bit of a dip. um, I I think it's going to be fine. Uh, Let let me tell you now, I don't know if I jog your memory. I don't, because I don't remember exactly when it was. Was it one year ago or two years ago at Clemson? Guys, remember Danny Pierman played at who was, uh, was a coach at Virginia Tech. He was at Clemson. That was a similar situation. He used the racial word, and Brent Venables on that staff, right? And Dabo Sweeney, you know, he just handled internally, and you know, he did what he did, and. Um, a lot of coaches on that staff didn't like it. They thought it was the wrong way to handle it. Um, I'm just going to leave that there. I think that Brent Venables in this situation, this is something that I think it was was tough to do, but in his mind, I think he went back to what happened when he saw it. And when you're an assistant and you see a head coach do something, and you always say, "If I ever get in charge, I would not do it that way." Sure. And I think, I think I'm going to tell you that had a problem internally at Clemson with some of the players. So I don't know. It is difficult. I don't know the circumstances. I mean, I read about it. I know what everybody else knows, but I wasn't there in either situation. But the people that were, and one of them was in both of those circuits, saw both of it happen. At Clemson when he was the defense coordinator and now the head coach at Oklahoma. So I think that's what happened there. Now, here's what I think on Brent in, in general. Now, I don't know if it's going to work, but with Lincoln Riley, I've mentioned this before, he's had a offense that was fast-paced. The defense was never good enough. They were good enough to win in the Big 12. They were not good enough to advance in the playoffs. They had one game against Georgia in the Rose Bowl where they were competitive. The other games, they were non-competitive. Said it before, I'll say it again. You put Lincoln Riley staying at Oklahoma, coming into the SEC, you you know, he would have had the same problems getting through the SEC-type teams where defensively they just were not good enough. Brent Venables, I'm curious to see what he does. If he can recruit, which he's already recruiting a little bit better defensively than Lincoln did, If he, there's no reason why Oklahoma, with their – Blue blood pedigree. They should be every bit as good as Clemson has been 
and in the, the realm of the Georgias and the Alabamas, because their history is as good as anybody's. If they can recruit and develop and play defensively and play offensively, that's a little bit more complimentary than Lincoln Riley did, then I think Oklahoma will be better off. Maybe I maybe Brent can or can't do it, but his style has a chance to be successful when Lincoln's didn't. I think Lincoln's going to be great at USC, but I think he'll be the same thing once he gets to the playoffs. If he does get to the playoffs from USC, it'll be Oklahoma-like. Whereas Brent, it's going to be interesting. The one thing about that that I'm confused about, and it is the most intriguing thing I'm looking forward to this college season, he hired Jeff Levy as his offense coordinator. Now, Jeff was a former uh, Oklahoma Sooner. Right. He's the he's got the same fate. We came from Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. He's you know obviously from the same family as Art Browse, meaning he's run that fast tempo. So what are they going to be? Are they going to be that fast tempo like they have been, or they're going to play a little bit more complimentary style to the defense? So I don't know what they're going to do, but if he does it the way that I think it should be done, and what I think Brent wants to do, I think they have a chance to even be better under Brent, but. Only time will tell, as you mentioned, he's a first-time head coach. Well, I'm I'm going to go on record. But Chris, so, so was Lincoln Riley, by the way. First-time head coach in Oklahoma. I'm going to go on record right now. And Chris has forgotten more about football than I will know. But I'm going to go on record based off what he just said, what Chris just said, that are you building this as an offensive program or a defensive program? I'm going to bet it's an abject failure. But Chris likes the hire, so that does make me second-guess my position just a little bit. So, Amanda, I want Chris to take part in today's tough question. So, Chris, here's what we have done. We have broke – What have you done, Dave? Uh, I can only I'm, imagine what you have done. Pure, it's pure trouble. Pure trouble. So, the uh, w- what we have done is we have broken up Tennessee's – some of Tennessee's star players into different mm-hmm. teams. So, Amanda, I'm just going to – because I'm going to accidentally trounce on it and mess it up if I explain it. You explain it, the selection that Chris must make right now because a championship is on the line. This is important. I had a guy in training one time. He said important. That's not the way you pronounce it. (laughs) Important. All right. So, let me see if I can do this. So what we've done is I've made a graphic and it shows a whole, let me see if I can do this. It's an incredible graphic. Yes. Okay. I've pulled it up. Dave, pull it up. Oh, am I able to pull it up too? Yeah. Prepared for mass chaos. Okay. There is graphic. Yes. Great job, Amanda. Look at you. Thanks. So it's the all vol team and I've given three different you can have three different choices. So it's A, B, or four different, sorry. A, B, C, D are your choices. And team A is Peyton Manning, Arian Foster, Cedric Wilson. Team B is Heath Schuler, Travis Henry, and Joey Kent. Team C is Team Martin, Jamal Lewis, and Peerless Price. And team D is Casey Glosson, Alvin Kamara, and Robert Meacham. Those are your choices. So A, B, C, or D it's just three players in each category, a quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Okay. As always, 
make things more complex. I have to visualize when these guys played. When these when these guys played, I figure out their defenses. I would say, well, the best players, the best trio of guys that I would take would be A. Um, okay. But uh, I mean, the ones I've had the most success would be column C. Um, the I... reason the reason why the the column C one or those guys or or those uh, the reason why, and particularly the quarterback. T. Martin was not as good as Peyton Manning, but they ran the football better, and that's why T. Martin had more success. I thought that they they got a little too cute offensively in the Peyton Manning area, meaning they didn't run it enough, and I think it hurt their defense. Um, so that's why C. had more team success. But, you know, it's also relative to who you're playing in a given year. The best group of players, if you're going to take it and say, all right, well, we don't know anything else about the team, I'm going to take column A and – and, and I, I've got a better chance across different years to build a championship team with column A than any of them because Peyton Manning gives you a chance. And you know what? Maybe uh, I would uh, play a, run the ball a little bit more with a lead and play to the defense more than they did than, say, column C when T. Martin was there. So if you're, if you're listening only, I want to be sure and uh, lay out what we're looking at. So team A is – Peyton Manning, Arian Foster, Cedric Wilson. Team B is Heath Shuler, Travis Henry, Joey Kent. Team C is T. Martin, Jamal Lewis, Peerless Price. Team D is Casey Clawson, Alvin Kamara, and Robert Meacham. All right, so uh, Chris is going with Team A that you can see on your screen. And Amanda, what are you going with? Who would you go with? I picked B. That was my choice. I am I'm going to go D Chris with Casey Clawson cuz I think he wins on the road. I think he's clutch. I think that um I would hire you to come up with a more inventive offense to showcase Alvin Kamara's skills than what uh, was done previously at Tennessee and I think Robert Meacham is an athletic guy. So I'll make a strong argument for column D, but I was probably going to go B because of Heath Shuler's athleticism, Travis Henry's ability to step up when another player goes down. I'm just not in love, Chris, no offense to Joey Kent, but when I look at those four receivers, I would probably have Joey Kent fourth. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because you had Peyton, the Peelers, Price, you know, and y'all guys did a really good job. Y'all purposely – clearly split all these guys up because it's, I, you know, I, I, I'd see Peyton to Pearland Price all day long. And uh, so we can't, can't do that, you know, but, you know, the no. personnel guy in me loves that, you know, oh man, love me some Travis Henry, Jamal Lewis. What a doggone beast. But there again, power runner, running game, you know, the fit. It's a, tell you what, it's really some good players. It's fun to, you, you remember all these guys, remember all these guys playing, but to see them all, um, it, it's just kind of fun. It just brings back memories of all those guys. But uh, I wasn't as big of a Heath Hewler fan. I guess it had a lot to do. I think he's very athletic, but I always remember David Cutcliffe saying, you know, um, gosh, I may be saying something I shouldn't say publicly, but <laughs> I realize I've stepped into it. Well, I can't, can't back down now, but, you know, and, and one of the things with, talked about with Heath, you know, it was, and he's gone on a great career, but boy, he really struggled to see the game. And I recruited Heath out of high school in Bryson City, North Carolina. 
but he really struggled to see the field. And uh, the quote that Cut said when, I, when, when Peyton came along later, he says, the first day Peyton arrived on campus, he knew more about our offense than the last day he threw or left. Yeah. And I said, you know what? That's, that's the way it looks on film, Cut. You know, uh, but anyway, that's, that's not – I don't mean to be rude to Heath. He was a really good player, and he did, uh, did really good things in his own way. Everybody's different. Everybody has their own style. And it's tough when you're compared against uh, some other people. It doesn't mean you're not good in your own way. Uh, but just as a pro prospect, I'm, I'm referring to, and it's why Peyton had the career he did, and, and he, you know, struggled at the next level. But good, good college careers. And Team Martin, what a career he's gone on in coaching. Well, and, and I think I'm going to change mine, actually. You can't oh, change yours. Amanda, Amanda, you have to deal with this all the time, every day, though. All the time. I think C, because I look at T, and I don't think – Correct me if I'm wrong. They did as much as they probably could have because he was a first-year starter in 98, and they realized all they had in the running game and the defense. Why not go that way? Jamal Lewis, the best running back from a talent standpoint of that group, and I believe Peerless Price is the best receiver. So I'm changing and going C. You can't how, change. How okay. many of these guys have streets named after on campus? That's a little, yeah. little joke. You know, they, they sure they sure like to name their streets after uh, – is uh, Jamika Holslaw have a have a street named after her too, or what? Uh, the, the, so a, what? T Martin matter, has one. It's a matter of time. And I was on the the bandwagon for Philip Fulmer to have a statue, which I still believe that should be the case. If you win, you a think everyone should have a statue? I think if you win the championship, you should have a statue. If you win your second one and you're Nick Saban, you should allow it to be six feet tall, unlike you. <laughs> Uh oh. Okay. Yeah. I don't he, know. I don't know. Uh, is he six feet? Six feet even? Right Nick, at that, Chris? Nick Saban? Yes. No, no. Nick has never seen six feet. <laughs> Are you six feet, Dave? I'm, uh, uh, yeah. Dave is. Six. I don't think so. I'm, Dave is a, is a towering hockey. Six one. Yes. Yes. No. I am false, maybe, maybe <laughs> and a half. I never quite mm. got the six foot even, which stings. But so I, you I, and I, Nick Saban are the same. Oh, uh, tower. That's good, that's good company, Dave. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Chris, what we can go to your site and know more about football than anywhere else, landryfootball.com. I encourage people to do that. So, Chris, what do you got uh, on the cooker this upcoming week? Well, you know, it, we, we keep up, uh, obviously, everything, the notebooks, everything going on in college practices now, as you mentioned, a couple of weeks away. Uh, NFL preseason week one's underway, breaking down all of that, and then getting everybody continually prepared for the season. Check out the podcast, the Landry Football Podcast on there. Uh, we go through different little things, how to finalize an NFL roster, how to make decisions on the depth chart in college. Uh, a lot of different things we go through some historical things and try to bring them into the current uh, realm. So if it involves the players, teams, coaches, schemes at the college and NFL level, LandryFootball.com to where you want to go. So check it out today. Chris, great stuff. We will talk to you soon. Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com joins us every Monday and Thursday. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. Have a great day, guys. And we'll have you too. football to talk about before you know it, and his appearance brought to you in part by Pedigo Chattanooga, locally owned store, 
where you'll be treated like family, the region's foremost electric bike experts who put our hearts into helping you find the perfect electric bike, and then you get the most out of it for many years to come with their great service department. I had heard a lot of that as well. Now, you are talking to a guy that was a student at the University of Tennessee while Keith Schuler was there. So, yeah, uh, I had a vested interest, but I've, I've heard the same thing, that struggled to read defenses, and I think that carried over to the the NFL. I mean, Amanda, if you can't read defenses, it's not going to work. I don't care how athletic you are. Um, you know, even Lamar Jackson, who's the greatest athlete at the position in the NFL, I guarantee you he can he can make some reads and go through a passing progression. If you can't read Unfortunately, defenses, Kyler Murray cannot, so... By the way, I still... I mean... It's just hard for me to imagine being a pro at that level and you being... You, you you having to have something in your contract that says that you're going to watch film on your own for, what, four hours a week? Yeah, they took it out. Did you see that? They I didn't see out. where they took it out, but mm-hmm. it's pr- pretty darn embarrassing. I mean, I think the message was sent, wasn't it? If it wasn't sent by them, it was certainly sent by the media. Wow. Yeah, because that was a big-time story, and but they ended up uh, taking it out, so... Because they said it was way too, like it got way too much attention. And I was like, you took it out because your quarterback is not very good. I know one player, and I'm not going to name him, but you would know his name at the University of Tennessee that they sent home with the DVD to watch tape back in DVD days. So it gives you a rough idea, but they'd send you home with a DVD and They'd say, hey, so what would you think of that tape? He goes, well, I saw this and this and that and this, and the outside linebacker likes to push leverage on our screenplays, and he'd have all this stuff. The DVD was blank. (laughs) I think I know who that was. The DVD was blank, and it was just to see if he'd say, hey, I didn't even put it in the machine, or, and it was blank. I would I would have put like 101 Dalmatians on it or something just to be like yeah it's something or Super Troopers your favorite comedy it's not your favorite comedy so overrated I so overrated Bob's Automotive Group is right there on Callahan and they will take care of you with integrity they want they need and they appreciate your business Bob's Automotive Group on Callahan has the selection, has the service department, has it all right there. And they bring you these comments by Josh Heifel. So listen to these comments, Amanda, and tell me if he doesn't seem at least happy, or let's say content. If the scale is content, happy, jovial, elated to come out. That's a lot of words. Right. You pick one of the four. Do you remember them? Content, happy, jovial, elated. What's the difference between jovial and elated? I think elated, you're so happy, you're just coming out of your skin. Jovial is like, oh, it's Christmas, it's fun. Well, let's hope he's not elated. No one wants to see someone without skin. (laughs) Wow. It's weird. It's a weird look. It is weird. Yeah. It's It's a weird look. Do you know it's the biggest biggest organ on the human body? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, I'd offer you that. Trivia 101. 
Josh Heifel right now, uh, brought to you by our friends at Files Automotive Group. This is after the scrimmage yesterday. Hey, uh, great day. Always good to, to get inside of, uh, of the stadium here. And, and uh, first of all, it looks great. And uh, But big day for, uh, for our players and our, our staff. Um, great day, too. We had a, a bunch of families that were here uh, to share in the, uh, the scrimmage and got an opportunity to spend some time with the kids here this afternoon, too, before we come back in the building this evening. I'm excited about them getting a chance for, for myself and, and our staff to see them as well. So uh, I thought there were a bunch of positives today in, in the scrimmage. Uh, I thought uh, played cleaner uh, both sides of the football, uh, executed. Thought just, you know, alignment, assignment, eyes on keys, uh, being lined up, ready to go on the defensive side of the football, tackling in space. Uh, thought we did a much better job in, in those areas than we did in, in, in the first scrimmage and, and offensively at times. Uh, were efficient and, and played with uh, with great pace and, and handled the communication of it, communication side of it at a really high level too. So, a bunch of positives. I, I know there'll be a bunch of things that we need to clean up too as we go back and watch the tape this afternoon. Questions. We'll start with Jim. Uh, Josh, a couple of things. How do you see the left tackle battle going right now? Yeah, uh, it's been back and forth a little bit through training camp. Uh, you guys have heard me say this. At the end of the day, we're going to need. Both of them, all of them. Um, and it just, you know, you, you experienced last year injuries, um, and that's true at the tackle spot. It, it's true on all five spots. Um, those guys are continuing to compete. Um, that's not going to stop after today. That will happen all the way up uh, until kickoff. Anticipate both of them playing uh, during the course of, of the football game throughout the season and certainly in week one. Uh, you know, who gets a majority of that or what the percentage breakdown is, we'll, uh, we'll continue to evaluate as we go through. Both of them have made a bunch of uh, progress from spring ball and, and really since the beginning of train, training camp in, in understanding what we're doing offensively. Uh, in the run game, playing with better pad level, being able to create some, some movement up front. Um, both of them take major strides in, in the pass pro side of it too. So, um, you know, I feel like those guys are continuing to progress as they should. Are they playing well enough to where you think Darnell Wright will stay at right tackle? Yeah, at this point, uh, we, uh, we plan to keep Darnell at the right side. Tells me they're happy with what they see on the left side. We'll see if it's um, who exactly nails down that position. But uh, look for Mincy, the sophomore, to have a pretty strong career at Tennessee. I, I, I like what I've heard about him with Amanda LaFont. I'm Dave Booker coming up. That was Josh Heifel coming up. We'll hear uh, from John Adams also on the program. The bestest segment ever message for bingo amanda's promise she'll say bingo this time and this day in sports history so there was something big happened i sent you yesterday in this day in sports history but that wouldn't be today what well I it's not today and yeah. i cannot remember however do you no. want to give an update yes oh today? yes let's, let's reset the the question yes today's tough question. all right so which QB, running back, and wide receiver combo, would you take? And completely reset this thing. I was just doing it. Yes. So now we have a tie. Uh oh. And that's between Team A and Team C. All right. Team A is uh, Peyton Manning, Aaron Foster, Cedric Wilson. And Team C is Team Martin, Jamal Lewis, and Peerless Price. A lot of T fans out there. He had a pretty good run at uh, Tennessee. Biles Automotive, tell us about Mr. Biles. 
This is Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been, but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's All right, so this is exciting. It is officially the broadcast bit that is taking the world by storm. It is message board bingo. So you can't get enough message board bingo in my home. As a matter of fact, all day yesterday, the kids were like, I've had enough of hanging out. I want to play message board bingo. So we just played it among ourselves. It's that it's that huge of a bit. It's like jump to conclusions on office space. It's that good, Amanda. You created that. You are the absolute queen of content. I started to call you the king of content. No. I'd be but, for a different day. Yeah. She's so Knocked it out of the park with message board bingo. And then uh, we now have somehow recreated the T Martin versus Peyton Manning battle 20 years later um, that we continue to ask on today's tough questions. So that's a fantastic as well. It comes down to which team of a grouping of three players that you would take moving forward for the ball. So are you excited about message board bingo, Amanda? Are you ready to? throw some heat, and watch me dominate that game once again. Thrilled. Thrilled. Yes, because you don't believe I'll dominate it. Uh, it makes me nervous. Fair. A big Orange Philly Sunday is where you need to be. Current balls like Princeton Fant will be there, and also Latrell Bumpus, former ball Jabari Davis, will be there 1 o'clock on Sunday, August 21st, and you can get free autograph posters and more. They bring you message board bingo so let's go ahead and do that amanda i've never been more excited because what amanda will do 
she will read a message off of a message board, and then it's incumbent upon me to tell you which school's message board it appeared on. Now, if anybody can beat me to the punch, you can win a hooker shirt, and it's an off-the-hook sports shirt, but it has hooker right across the front. So Tennessee may or may not have a player with that name. So get away from that. Yes, yeah. you can go orange, black, gray. You can go whatever you want. So let's go ahead and uh, start with message board bingo. It is now, and I'm very excited. Amanda, go. Um, I don't have any corny music bed. Oh, there we are. Yeah. All right. So hey. Okay, Number you one. You got to fill it a little bit. You got to fill the flow. I feel like I need to just be like, but in space. Okay. That in space. All right. All right. We, we should just form a conference with Nebraska and Tennessee. That's it. That's it. That's the only thing you get. We should just form a conference with Nebraska. Okay, so this is somebody that's program is struggling because they're picking out Tennessee and Nebraska as former teams, former greats that are struggling. Is Nebraska a former great? Yeah, I mean, they won a couple of titles in the 90s. Um, I'm going to say that is who's a former great Michigan Michigan's not struggling I don't know I couldn't think of a good one. Oh my gosh it's so Texas Texas but they're supposed it's to be Texas. in the up and up it's all right oh and one all right let's continue message for bingo all right Great coach, no doubt, but he's getting up there at 70. I think Lou hung it up at 67. A kid signing with Bama today would go into his junior year with one of the oldest coaches in college football history, moving to 75. Um, I'm going to skip the coach's name, and that will give it away. This coach might need to learn a few things, but seems like relating to someone who has Elvis on his iPod playlist seems like it, time is working against Bama. I'm going to have to say that's Auburn. Because, and the reason I'm saying that, and I may be wrong on it, but I think you'll agree with this rationale, is that things aren't going well there. So generally among fandom, when things aren't going well with your team, you just take a random shot at your rival. That's pretty much the response. It's fair, um, but it's Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame. The Lou Holtz thing should have given that away. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Do we have another one on message board bingo? This one's long. Okay. How long? But I'm. It's like a paragraph, but I'm going to give it a go. All right. Here we go. All right. So I had some time to kill earlier and went and grabbed barbecue from a spot in Coot Town. Got up to the bar wearing my blank hat, and as soon as I sat down, the bartender started giving me crap. And then when she brought me my check, she said, sorry about your school of choice. That had me feeling some sort of way. 
I bet she wasn't grinning and joking when she saw I left a big fat zero on the tip line on the $97 bill when she ran my credit card. Careful who you talk to, service lady. Oh, I'm going. I'll wear my hat anywhere I want. She poured me five crown apples and fetched me three Budweiser's and couldn't even make a dime because she couldn't keep her mouth shut. Stupid coots. Coots. Hope she learned her lesson. Okay, so first of all, let's hope that isn't uh, that guy wasn't driving after five and three. It's crown <laughs> apples. Yes. Um, so, they what? You don't like those? No, I just think it's this guy takes to the message board to brag about his five crown apples. What is a crown apple? It's a crown, but it's an apple flavored crown. It's like something a three year old would take a shot of. Yeah, it's just like it's the biggest. Like, right? If you're a guy, you don't brag about crown apple. Yeah, you say I had a shot Jack Daniel worm still in it or something tough. Yeah, not crown apple. Mitchell says that's uh, Clemson. Is it? Is Clemson the one that I'm going to say? Let me give mine first. Don't don't shake your head. I'm not shaking my head at Mitchell. Okay. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with. Who is it? I'm going to go with. Like, I wanted to go Georgia, but they just won a title, so nobody would be sorry about the gear they were wearing. So I'm going to go LSU. No, Mitchell was right. I was shaking my head at Mitchell. It's Clemson. Oh, it's Clemson? So you just lied to me. I did. <laughs> You shook your head yes, and then told me that it wasn't true. Well, because you were, I thought you weren't going to guess. No, I I was going to guess. All right, good job, Uh, Mitchell. We appreciate that. And um, Zero for three. Zero for three. Well, so do we have any more, or is that it for us? No, it's, we only do three when it's I know, when I feel, I'm the guy who made my son continue to play into the uh, not wee hours of the night. But wee hours of the night is like 9 o'clock to me because I couldn't beat him in NBA Live. He is uh, really competitive just like me. So I was the all-time 2000s teams, like the best players that played in the 2000s, and he was like the all-time Hawks team. So, of course, I should win, and I barely won, and he got so mad that that was the end of it. Totally That's, sidetracked. That sounds really... But the moral of the story, I'm, uh, I am really competitive, and I'm really terrible at this. So how do I get better? I could either cheat or I could be more intuitive. I mean, you could cheat if you wanted to, but then I think we would all figure that out considering you're like zero for 300 at this point. I'm like two for 300. Okay, two for 300. I'll take two. I'll, I'll take two, Alex. Um, okay, so... <laughs> It is time. We have to give away a t-shirt. Oh, yes. Uh, Okay. So how are we giving away a t-shirt? You tell me. So I put a post on Instagram and Facebook, and we put one on Twitter, and we're just picking out. um, Can we put a picture shirts up, by the way? Are we able to do that yet? You put a picture of that awesome graphic up. Can that magic happen? That magic can happen. Just give me a moment to get me. All right. So let me find that magic. And then we'll get to. This day in sports history where Amanda always does a great job of 
learning us about the past and this day in sports history will be brought to you by Zool Beer Company. Zool Beer Company has just a fantastic venue in downtown Knoxville. Panoramic views overlook downtown and worldwide award-winning beer. That's how good it is. The official craft brewery of uh, Off the Hook Sports. So that's ZulBeer.com. All right, Amanda. So what do you think in here? What do, what do we got? Um, which one are we doing? We're putting up our T-shirt. And then we're okay. giving away a T-shirt. So are, right. we, are we able to put the picture of the T-shirt up with this this model I found that, man, is just stunning. Stunning. Dave, you are stunning, but not everyone needs to know that. Yes. Okay, we're going to work on that. We're going to get that up, or do you want to do this? I've got it, yes. So here's the t-shirt. It's... So everybody watching can see the t-shirt. So we're going to give this right. away, and we're going to give one away. How about each and every day this week? Do you want to give one away? So we here, can do one away every day. One away every day. There is the T-shirt. You can order it. Um, all you have to do is go to offthehooksports.com, and you'll be able to see the ads and place your order. Just click on it, and just high-quality T-shirt. They've got black, orange, white, and the uh, gray as well. You can pick the size. They've got it all right there. So who are we giving the T-shirt to today, Amanda? Okay, so we picked a random winner, and it is going to be D Anderson two two four five, and that is an Instagram handle. So I will reach out to that Instagram person, and we will we will give him or her a shirt. Perfect, love it, yeah. uh, love that. And if again, if you want to uh, purchase one of these shirts we're going to go ahead and we'll put the link on the youtube page so you can order one of these shirts it is almost football season so get them before they're gone because they're just a limited run so uh, we'll attach the link a click below and you can get taken care of but congratulations again to our winner today and we'll give away a shirt each and every day uh, so all you have to do is how do how do they enter to win again amanda so you just go on Instagram. I think we have a post on Facebook. I think there's one on Twitter. And you just follow us and then like the post and tag three friends. And then you're, you're entered to win. Yep. Golden. All right. This day in sports history is now. This day in sports history. Putting things in perspective exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old. When you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. New kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. This day in sports history brought to you by Honey Bee Coffee. Honey Bee Coffee is absolutely tremendous. You can order online or you can stop at one of their Knoxville locations it's top five percent of the beans in the world and it is an amanda approved coffee so if it's amanda approved you're good to go and she's drinking it right now as a matter of fact it's really good amanda lafada it's fantastic and i'm not a big drinker and i went through three cups i'm sitting there meeting with our, our good friend uh, Norris right there at mm-hmm. uh, Honeybee Coffee. We're at the West Knoxville location. So check it out. But you can order all this online and we're talking about the top 5% of the beans in the world. Okay, that's yes. All right, Amanda. So t- this day in sports history is? 
So I have a couple, but I'm going to do a good one and then a kind of like WTF moment. So in 1993, Nolan Ryan um, won his 324th game, and it was his final victory of his career. 324 games. We'll never see that again with no. the way they sub pitchers. You'll, you'll never see no. that again. No, uh, but final victory. So I thought that was pretty substantial. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Very good. All and, right. Um, that's one of the guys that I would have liked to have seen play in person. I would have liked to have seen him play. I would have liked to have been there when he punched Robin Ventura in the head about 15 times. But, okay, so what else is out there this day in sports history? All right, and so this is the kind of, uh, you know, WTF moment. It's in 1936, Carla D. I don't know how to say her last name, B-R-I-E-S, an American tourist at the swimming event of the Berlin Olympics finds Adolf Hitler so friendly and gracious that she shakes his hand and gives him a kiss. Hitler? Hitler. And who kissed him again? Some American tourist, Carla de, de, Vries, de Vries. Something don't you don't hear a lot. Hitler no. found likable. Yeah, that's why I did it. I was like, that's my WTF moment of the week. Well, and you wouldn't even you wouldn't even say surprisingly likable because yes, it is inferred that it would be surprising if you liked Hitler. So there's apparently not back then though. Apparently he was very charismatic back in the day, and like people liked him a lot until obviously they did they didn't. Yeah, there was that whole World the whole War, World War II thing and, you know, the whole genocide stuff. But, you know, before that. Before that, he seemed like a cool dude. He made both. Apparently. And he, yeah. So I'm sure that was, uh, sure, sure he was a, a fantastic guy before that. And then, so this day in sports history, again, brought to you by our friends at Soul Beer Company. So today, Tennessee has an off day. And this, this week's all funky and messed up and because Tennessee starts uh, on an odd day and not a Saturday. So this week, Tennessee is off, but on offthehooksports.com later today, you'll be able to hear from Jake Warren. You'll also hear from Cooper Mays. So looking forward to that. I'm also probably going to opine a column about waiting for the NCAA and Brew McCoy. It just, to me, is laughable and ridiculous that you would have to wait that long with the amount of money that's flowing around. And yeah, I don't care if it's a guy at Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, or wherever, but to not have some of these things taken care of, I mean, he it's not like he just showed up on campus. I would kind of get this with the the new running back they brought in from West Virginia that was originally at Clemson, the Lynn J. Dixon. I mean, I would get that. He had to sit for a while, Amanda, because you know he was. Well, I wouldn't get that because they're pushing. NCAA is pushing for for kids to just be able to transfer however many times. No, no waiver required. You can just transfer five times in a year. That's ridiculous. Well, but well, now I agree. But my point is, I would at least understand if he showed up on campus and they said you can't practice yet until you're deemed eligible to practice. I would have understood that before the fact that you don't even know if Brew McCoy 
is going to be eligible as of August the 15th. I mean, at least one happened really quickly. Brew McCoy's been on campus. That's a, I'm not trying to compare the two. Yeah, things. no, I get that. It's just the NCAA has no standing, let's be honest. They have no standing. They're, they, what they say really, honestly, doesn't, at the end of the day, doesn't matter. I'm so. very excited on the program. We'll visit with Tony Thompson. He is going to join us on the program tomorrow, former ball. And wanted to talk to him for a couple of different reasons. One, he was a little undersized. Two, um, he was in a crowded running back room. And that's very similar in both situations to Jabari Small. I think we both thought that Jabari Small was going to be overtaken by Justin Williams Thomas or someone. It doesn't feel like that's going to be the case. Now, they're going to play multiple backs. We're not saying Gary Sanders. I mean, everybody does. Yeah. There are rare examples like where a guy gets 70 80% of the carries, but very, very rare. So he's not going to be that, but I do believe that he is going to get the lion's share of the carries or at the very least the majority of the carries. So we'll visit with Tony Thompson about that. And then a gentleman who wrote the – uh, it was a freezing cold takes exposed book that will join us. And one of the great stories that we'll visit with him about is actually about Reggie White. And if you remember, he was the great, he the great free agent. That's kind of when free agency came about. And there were two that were floating around out there in the nineties. And it was Deion Sanders and it was Reggie White who would eventually go to the Packers, Deion Sanders would go to every team that he could imagine. But at the time, that was considered a big deal. Kind of like we're talking about transferring now. Not comparing apples and apples, but oh, these guys get to determine where they play? How is the NFL going to withstand such craziness? Because we love football. Because the they, they have contracts, though. Well, they have contracts. and College does not have contracts as of now. True. And they need them. If we're going to do this, we need to do it. People need to be covered. I don't have a problem with that. No. If, we, if we're going to pay the players, then they need to have contracts. Well, there were contracts forever. And it was basically a, it was a one-year deal on the school side. And it was a five-year deal on the player side. Because you, you could pull a kid's scholarship after year one if he was just terrible. Now, you didn't do it because it was bad PR. But you could pull a kid's scholarship after year one to say see ya, whereas the kid would have to sit a year to transfer. Right. Well, that's changed since then. That takes you back. For Amanda LaFrod, I'm Dave Hooker. Go to offthehooksports.com for more. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 8.30 Eastern time. Have a fantastic day, everyone. This is a production of Off